0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy 32, Deuteronomy 32. And the title, there really is only one title for this, and that is the epilogue, A Song to Remember. If you remember what we talked about last time we were together, that God is called Moses to write down this book of the law so they can remember. And every seven years, they're supposed to come back together and hear the entire book of the law to remember it, and also that it would be read to the next children coming up. But that's going to be once every seven years. At this time, they don't have, you know, the printing press and all that kind of stuff. And so God is giving Moses a song to write so that they will remember it and they'll remember what God is trying to do and what God is wanting for them and all the good things. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to read that together. But as always, right before we do that, if you like what we're doing around here, make sure you are like, sharing and subscribing to the YouTube video. Send it to someone this week on the podcast. Leave us a five-star review and send to somebody either that number one loves to read God's word and just wants to just geek out with us about God's word or number two, someone who does not read God's word, but needs to, we're doing one chapter at a time. And the reason why we are doing that is we we're not in a hurry. Like who are you racing against? Right? Like taking our time slowly to let it soak in. It's almost like if, if the ground's been dry too long and then all of a sudden a big rain comes down, a lot of farmers will tell you that's the worst thing in the world because all it does is wash away soil. What you need is a slow, steady, soaking rain to slowly heal the land. And that's what we're doing, reading through God's Word one chapter at a time so we can slowly and steadily soak in the life of God's Word so they can heal us one step at a time. And that's what we're doing here today. Now, remember, Moses is about to die. <laughs> His time is over. And that's what he's been doing over this course is, is he wasn't able to do this. So the course of this whole thing, book of Deuteronomy, is is Greek word which means second law. And he's been laying out the second law for the next generation that's going to go into the promised land. And he's about done. And so he is writing a song that they're going to memorize. And we do not know for certain exactly how this song is supposed to go. And and here's one thing. Songs nowadays, most of them rhyme, right? This is not going to rhyme, okay? This is not a poem like that, but here's the reason why it doesn't rhyme. This was written in a different language. If you were to hear this spoken in ancient Hebrew, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to listen to. The the Hebrew language is beautiful to listen to anyways. Very, very uh, melodic in how it sounds. It's it's gorgeous. You really owe it to yourself. Uh, You can go to YouTube and type in uh, Hebrew uh, Psalms sung, something like that, and it's just a beautiful thing. Now, it's different. Because of the because of English being such a different language, but you, you owe it to yourself to listen to it. It's just beautiful. And so in the Hebrew language, the flow of this is so much more, and there's there's so much more uh, where the syllables match up a lot better, okay? But but we speaking in the English, and I'm from Alabama, so I'm doing my best not to speak in the country English. So we're gonna read this together. We're gonna try to read it all the way through, and I want you to remember the context. They don't have the book of the law that they can read every morning when they get up with their cup of coffee. That's going to be once every seven years. So this is what they're going to memorize so that they can have this on their mind day and night to remember God's instructions. You ready? Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 32, the NLT version says this, verse one, listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Let my my teaching fall on you like rain Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is faithful. He is a faithful God who does no wrong and just how upright he is. But... They have acted corruptly toward him. This is a song they had to memorize, by the way. They have acted corruptly toward him, and they act so perversely, and they are really his children. They are a deceitful and twisted generation. Is this the way you repay the Lord? You foolish and senseless people? Isn't he your father who created you? Has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders and they will teach you. When the Most High assigned lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of his heavenly court. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes, like an eagle that rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them up, and he carried them safely on his pinions. I have no idea what that word means. Verse 12, the Lord alone guides them. They followed no foreign gods. He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the fields. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. He fed them yogurt from the herd and milk from the flock. Together with fat of the lambs, he gathered them choice rams of Bashan and goats together with the choicest wheat. You drank the finest wine and you made them from juice of grapes. But Israel soon became fat and unruly. The people grew heavy, plump, and stuffed. Gee, thanks. (laughs) They abandoned the God who had made them and made light of the rock of their salvation. That's that's a little bit of a pun there, you know. They they grew fat and happy, but then they made light of the rock. Anyway, verse 16, they stirred up his jealousy by worshipping foreign gods. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. They offered sacrifices to demons which are not God, to gods they had not known before. The new gods only recently arrived to gods their ancestors had never feared. You neglected the rock Who had fathered you, and you forgot the God who had given you birth. The Lord saw this and drew back, provoked to anger by his own sons and daughters. He said, I will abandon them, then see what becomes of them. Then you see, for they are a twisted generation, children without integrity. They have aroused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not God. They have provoked my anger with their useless idols. Now, I will rouse their jealousy through people who are not even the people. I will provoke their anger through the foolish Gentiles. For my anger blazes forth like fire and burns to the depths of the grave. It devours the earth and all its crops and ignites the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters upon them and shoot them down with my arrows. I will weaken them with famine, burning fever, and deadly disease." I will send the fangs of the wild beasts and the poisonous snakes that glide in the dust. Outside, the sword will bring death, and inside, terror will strike both young men and young women, both infants and the aged. I will have annihilated, or I would have annihilated them, wiping out even the memory of them. But I fear the taunt of Israel's enemies, who might misunderstand and say, Our power has triumphed. The Lord has nothing to do with us. But Israel is a senseless nation. The people are foolish without understanding. Oh, that they were wise and could understand this. Oh, that they might know their fate. How could one person chase a thousand of them and two people put 10,000 to flight unless the rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? But The rock of our enemies is not like our rock. And even as, or as even they recognize their vine grows from the vine of Sodom, their vineyards of Gomorrah, their grapes are poison and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the venom of serpents and deadly poison of cobras. The Lord says, am I not storing up these things, sealing them away in my treasury? I will take revenge and I will pay them back in due time. Their feet will slip, their day of disaster will arrive, and their destiny will overtake them. Indeed, the Lord will give justice to his people, and he will change his mind about his servants. When he sees their strength is gone and no one is left, slave or free, then he will ask, where are the gods, the rocks they fled to for refuge? Where now are those gods who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their offerings? Let those gods arise to help you. Let them provide you with shelter. Look now, I myself am he. There is no other God but me. I am the one who kills and gives life. I am the one who wounds and heals. No one can rescue from my powerful hand. Now, I raise my hand to heaven and declare, as surely as I live When I sharpen my flashing sword and begin to carry out justice, I will take revenge on my enemies and repay those who reject me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword will devour flesh, the blood of the slaughtered and the captives and the heads of their enemy leaders. Rejoice with him, you heavens, and let all God's angels worship him. Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles, and let all the angels be strengthened in him, for he will avenge the blood of his children, and he will take revenge against his enemies. He will repay those who hate him and cleanse his people's land. Pause. That's a lot. And basically what he just said was, I'm about to let you go in to the promised land. But once you get in the promised land, you're going to enjoy all that milk and all that honey, and it's going to make you forget about me. And you're going to start worshiping a bunch of gods that you got no business worshiping because they ain't real. And so guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you do it. And I'm going to let you fall victim to all the bad things. But when you have had enough of being destroyed, you're going to return to me, and I'm going to save you. Do you know what's amazing about that story? That's the entire book of Judges. They do that over and over and over again. And you know what makes it even worse is that they know a song about it. (laughs) They know a song that says, here's the warning, don't do this, and they do it anyway, which sounds just like me and you, doesn't it? All right, verse 44. So Moses came with Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of the song to this people. And you imagine the people are like, oh, great, that's a wonderful song. (laughs) 45, when Moses had finished reciting all the words to the people, he added, take to heart all the words of warning that I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so that they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land that you will occupy when you cross over the Jordan River. I have this mental image of, all right, kids, we're about to go to bed. Let's sing that Moses song. Oh, Lord, not that one. I'm going to have nightmares again. No, come on, kids. (laughs) Teach them to your kids. But he's saying, learn it as a way to not do it. But here we are, right? Verse 48, That same day the Lord said to Moses, Go to Moab, to the mountains east of the river, climb Mount Nebo, which is across from Jericho. Look out across the land of Canaan, the land I'm going to give the people of Israel as their own special possession. Then you will die there on the mountain. You will join your ancestors, just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and joined his ancestors. For both of you betrayed me with the Israelites at the waters of Meribah at Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. You failed to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, so you will see the land from a distance, but you may not enter the land I am giving you to the people of Israel. Now that sounds bad, but how amazing. He got to see the promised land. He got to look at and see what they were going to inherit. So what can we take away from this? I think there's a lot of good things. First of all, it's important to remember the warnings of God, because we don't want to do them. And it's one of the things that we always want to do. It reminds me of when I used to, when I was a kid this is how old I am. You had the, the original Nintendo would come out. And when we would play the original Nintendo, you know, we would play and the idea is we would play and then we would die, you know, and then we would start over again and play and start over again and play. And it was very important for us to remember all the dangerous spots. The reason why we remember those spots is so that we wouldn't go there again. and But there's this, this idea in our culture that we don't ever want to think about anything bad. We don't ever want to think about anything negative. We just want to think about good things all the time. Well, that doesn't work. Now, it doesn't mean that we glory in negativity and we, we glory in bad things, but it's important to be balanced in our life and to realize, yes, there are good things, but there's also bad things. There's roadblocks, there's potholes in life that we want to stay away from so that we can be successful in all that we do. And so I think one of the greatest lessons learned today is it's okay to know where the warning signs are and then to steer clear. And then the final one is, is that even if you mess up, God still blesses your life and he still gives you the opportunity to see what comes ahead. Like Moses is not going to be able to go. He messed up, but he's still able to look out and see the promise that they're going to have. God is so faithful and he's so good. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for songs like that, not because we are ever going to sing that song ever again, but because it reminds us that, God, all your promises are true, and you love us enough to tell us the bad news so that we steer far away from it. And I pray today that if we have an opportunity to veer into trouble, veer into temptation, you'll remind us, Lord, that you are just and you are good, and what calls us to stay on the right road so that we can experience your blessings in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Don't forget God's word says in Deuteronomy 30, today I have given you the choice between life and death. Say it with me, choose life. You can make that choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. My prayer for you today is you would choose life. I'll see you tomorrow. we so get ready to finish up Deuteronomy 33.